Hey, it's Michelle. And Brandy. And this is Spooky Shit. So this week we're doing a little bit of a follow-up from last week, and we are talking about copycat killers. I'm going to be starting off talking about uh, Zodiac Killer copycats. Oh, and then I'm going to talk about Matthew Millet. Warning. This episode may contain graphic details. Listener discretion is advised. So my first story, I actually have two, surprise, is going to be about the New York Zodiac. So on May 31st, 1990, a 78-year-old man named Joseph Joe Prose, a retired ice delivery worker who used a cane, was entering his home after going to buy a newspaper around 2 a.m. when he was confronted. A man asked him for a glass of water, but when Joe turned away, he was shot in the back. Joe was in critical condition in a hospital for weeks before passing away from his injuries on June 24, 1990. During this time, his time at the hospital, he was able to tell investigators that his attacker had been an unkempt man with a mustache and a beard. Left at Joe's scene of the crime was a note saying, Zodiac, time to die. Um, on the note, there was also a drawing of a circle with a cross through it, much like the original Zodiac Killer, and a diagram with three astrological signs, Scorpio, Gemini, and Taurus. Three days after the shooting of Joe, the New York Post received their own copy of this note, along with a letter saying the writer had murdered three other victims in the past three months. It said, the first sign is dead on March 8, 1990. The second sign is dead on March 29, 1990. The third sign is dead on May 31, 1990. It was confirmed that the writing on both sets of notes were from the same writer. Using the dates in the letter, police were able to track down the other victims mentioned. Mario Orozo... Or- or- didn't look it up, man. Orozco, who was 49, and Jermaine Montesdro, who was 33. So, Mario was shot on March 8, 1990. He was walking home from his job washing dishes at a coffee shop when he was confronted by a man wearing a ski mask and carrying a gun. Mario turned to run away when he was shot in the back. While he lay on the ground, not moving, the gunman walked over and stood by his body, pointing the gun at his head. Mario thinks that the shooter must have believed he was dead because instead of shooting him again, he walked away. So, Mario was able to walk home and make a cup of coffee before calling the police to report the shooting. Priorities, man. Jermaine was walking back to his home after visiting friends on March 29, 1990, when he was attacked. He remembers being struck on the head and being shot in the side. Thankfully, he was also able to make a full recovery. The astrology signs of these three victims matched up with a note to the New York Post. First victim Mario was a Scorpio, Jermaine was a Gemini, and Joe was a Taurus. It wasn't clear how exactly the murderer had known the signs of the three victims, but one thing was for sure. There was a wannabe serial killer loose in New York. Love my dramatic-ass line there. The chills I just got. (laughs) On June 21st, 1990, a 30-year-old homeless man named Larry Parham was asleep on a bench in Central Park when he was shot. On the bench was another note, again with the circle cross symbol on it, but this time including a zodiac sign for cancer. This note had a single fingerprint on it, presumably from the shooter. Thankfully, Larry survived his attack and told police that earlier, a strange man had actually come up to him and asked, like, when his birthday was. And if you had a guess, he was a cancer. Hmm. With his help, police were able to release a sketch of the New York Zodiac. And you know what's so unfortunate? Trying to look up any picture of, like, the notes or the sketch or anything, you can't find any of it because it's all covered up by the Zodiac Killer. Because if you just add New York, like, it's not going to really help you much. (laughs) 
It's so annoying. I couldn't even see like how the sketch looked because it was just sketches of the regular Zodiac Killer. A piece of shit. <laughs> anyway, by now there was a special task force formed to find the shooter and police warned people not to give out their birth dates to strangers, no matter how casually it came up. Tons of tips came in and over 50 suspects were questioned, but none were the killer. According to a New York Times article I read that like was back when it was happening in the 90s, they were looking for a black male between the ages of 30 and 35 who was around 180 pounds and stood between 5'10 and 6 feet tall. Spoiler alert, this description is extremely wrong. Much like the original Zodiac Killer, the copycat would also send taunting messages and codes to the police and media. New York Post journalist Kieran Crowley was able to decode these letters with the help of his father-in-law, who was a veteran of World War II cryptography and signs of signals of intelligence. Again, could not find any of these actual codes. They, like, named these dudes who solved the codes and didn't mention what the code said. <laughs> One letter said the shooter was using an improvised firearm to keep a gun from ever being traced back to him. So, I don't know about you. Do you know what improvised firearm is? Nope. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is that? So it's basically just a gun that was manufactured by someone other than a firearms maker. So literally using a bunch of tools to make a homemade gun, which I didn't even know was possible. Okay. I guess it makes sense, but that's scary. (laughs) I mean, I've heard of, like, guns made out of, like, plastic, I think it is. So you can't, like, sense it through the metal detector. Oh my god, Brandy, that's terrifying. Why would you tell me that? I've heard of that. I've heard of uh, like a 3D printed one. Oh, it's I'm never wild. leaving my home. <laughs> I did not need to know that. I was telling you how this was creepy and you made it worse. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> anyway, so in another la- later. <laughs> In another letter, he claimed to be the same Zodiac killer that terrorized California in the 1960s and 1970s, but analysis of the handwriting from the new letters versus the old ones proved that they were written by two different people. They had a new killer. One letter sent to the police said, Orion is the one that can stop the Zodiac, and the 12 signs will die when the belts in the heaven are seen. Using this information, police began to compare the patterns on the crime scenes to that of the stars in the Orion constellation in hopes to predict where the next attacks could take place. Is it Orion? Yeah, like Orion's belt. So it's interesting because apparently, like, one of the most prominent parts of the constellation is Orion's belt, which I just said. And it has three evenly spaced stars, possibly representing the first three shootings, which all occurred in a fairly straight line across the Brooklyn-Queens border. The fourth shooting at Central Park could potentially represent Orion's head in the constellation. They thought that the shooter was a recluse who was obsessed with astrology and death. Also, I just want to say I do appreciate that for this guy being called, like, a Zodiac killer, he actually, like, was into Zodiac stuff. Because the other one, I'm like, okay, why is that even your name? True. For a while, it appeared that maybe the killer had stopped until August 10th, 1992, when Patricia Fonte was attacked. Patricia was a 39-year-old Leo who was stabbed 100 times near Reservoir in Highland Park, Queens. She unfortunately died of her injuries. Of course, 100 stab wounds. Yeah. I know. I was like, oh, Jesus, maybe he heard that none of the other ones were dying, so he went hard on her. That's crazy. Yeah, and it was unclear to police why he attacked her with a knife rather than a gun like every other victim. So, after Patricia, nearly a year passed before the New York Zodiac struck again. 
On June 4, 1993, a 40-year-old man named James Jim Weber was shot in the leg while walking down a street in Queens. Jim, a Libra, was able to survive this attack. He got lucky. Fucking Patricia got stabbed a hundred times. Jim just got shot in the leg. This dude is... I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't like women? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Most of these people don't, huh? <laughs> I don't get it. Women are amazing. Women are the best. Okay. On July 20th, 1993, a 47-year-old homeless man named John Diacon was walking along a road in Queens when a man crept up on sh- on him and shot him in the neck. John died of his injuries. He was a Virgo. On October 2nd, 1993, 40-year-old Diane Ballard was also walking along a street, this time in Brooklyn, when she was shot in the neck, too. Thankfully, she was actually able to survive, but she now requires a cane to walk as she was left partially paralyzed. Damn. Interestingly, though, Diane was a Taurus, just like the victim Joe in 1990, and this is the only duplicate sign of any of the Zodiac's victims. So I guess he forgot to ask her birthday or she lied. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) Originally, these crimes weren't even linked to, like, the first set until a letter arrived to the New York Post in August of 1994. In this letter, the writer claimed to be the Zodiac Killer and said he was responsible for five attacks between June 1992 and 1994. Police were able to link the four unsolved attacks I just mentioned, but they didn't find anything that matched up to a June 11, 1994 shooting that the letter claimed happened. So, I don't know if he made that up or maybe someone just didn't report it. Maybe they are just shot in the lake again or something. (laughs) Again, after announcing his return, the Zodiac went silent. On June 18, 1996, a 28-year-old man named Eriberto Eddie Seda had gone into an argument with his teenage half-sister and her boyfriend over the people they chose to be friends with. Naturally, the fight escalated and Eddie pulled a gun on the two. While the boyfriend ran to hide in a bedroom, Eddie's sister made a run for the front door but was shot in the butt in the process. Oh. It's, I, I know. It's hard not to kind of joke about, like, how she was shot in the butt. I read it and I was like, how do I write this to sound more serious? Because on Wikipedia, it was like, the buttocks. And I was like, I'm going to say butt. She has a name <laughs> asshole if you think about it. Oh, God. <laughs> it's okay to joke because she was okay. She, she was still able to keep running. She actually ran to a neighbor's apartment and called the police. When police arrived, there was an hour-long standoff that ended with Eddie surrendering and being arrested. Upon surrender, he turned over 13 of his homemade guns. Inside the home, police found two pipe bombs and enough material to make nine more. Eddie also had a collection of books and trading cards about serial killers. Again, it was not linked yet to the (laughs) Zodiac killing. So, Eddie had a history of getting into trouble. In high school, he had been a good student but was expelled when he brought a starter pistol to school, which is terrifying. Given the option to attend counseling in order to be readmitted, he instead decided to just drop out. At the time of his arrest, he was living with his mom and half-sister, who he, and he would uh, mentally and physically abuse his sister, which obviously comes as no surprise because he had no issue shooting her in the butt. <laughs> Vicious animal. Yeah. And those three all lived together in an apartment in East New York, Brooklyn. He was unemployed and was supported by his mom and also by the coins he stole from payphones and vending machines. In March of 1994, two years before he shot his sister, Eddie was arrested for possession of a deadly weapon. 
Police had noticed he had a suspicious bulge in his jacket and found that it contained an improvised firearm. It was determined that this gun wasn't actually functional and Eddie's lawyer was able to get all charges dropped and get his arrest record sealed. Eddie took this as a sign that he was beyond consequences. <laughs> mm. Super cool, super, super cool. So, like I said, initially there was no connection made between Eddie and the New York Zodiac Killer, but this fucking dumbass actually gave himself away when he wrote a statement about shooting his sister and at the bottom of it put the symbol that was on the bottom of one of the Zodiac Killer letters. <laughs> and police were like, wait, this looks familiar. So, as soon as they started looking at him as the Zodiac Killer, the evidence came on pretty quickly. Despite Eddie's claims that his weapons were untraceable, evidence was actually used to link his improvised guns to the attacks. A handwriting analysis found strong similarities between his handwriting and that of the letters, and most incriminating of all, fingerprints found on a letter and DNA taken from the stamp on an envelope he used also both matched back to Eddie. He was formally charged with the murders on June 21st, 1996. While on trial, Eddie caused outbursts in court and would shout at the judge. The person... The persecution. <laughs> the prosecution was able to get testimony from 45 witnesses and show 150 pieces of evidence against him. On June 24, 1998, after six weeks of trial, the New York Zodiac Killer was found guilty and sentenced to 232 years in prison. The end. <laughs> I got through that pretty quick. Yeah, that, that was actually kind of short. Yeah, I, my second one is even shorter, so... But I'll uh, I'll let you talk and then I'll say my second. No, it's okay. And... No, no, yeah, I insist you go. Right. <laughs> also, next week we definitely need to go back to paranormal because we've been doing a lot of true crime. I know. I don't want to tell Robert because he'll judge me. But I've been having some bad dreams. Aww. If I say that, he'll be like, "Stop reading about that shit." Then also, I watched the new uh, Night Stalker documentary thing on Netflix. Is it good? It's good, and that did not help me. <laughs> I bet. I oh. woke up in... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I woke up in the middle of the night one night because I dreamt that someone was knocking really loud at my neighbor's door, and then I imagined, like, this scary movie I thought of, and then I imagined the Night Stalker, and I imagined someone knocking at our door, and we have, like, a ring thing, so I, like, turned on the camera, and I was, like, checking it at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also wanted to share with you. This morning, whenever, or yesterday morning, whenever I woke up for a little bit, I swear to God, I heard somebody breathing again in my room. Because, you know, I told you that happened to me before. Mm -hmm. And Robert wasn't in there. And I just lay there half asleep. And I was like, I swear I fucking hear someone else breathing. That's scary. Yeah, I don't know uh, what's wrong with me. <laughs> anyway, that's what's up with me. <laughs> Ooh, that's scary. It is. I actually woke up. I woke myself up in the middle of the night <laughs> to my, like, like, I was dreaming and talking in my dream, and I, like, <laughs> woke myself up because I started mumbling. What the fuck? <laughs> and, like, the, hearing myself mumble, like, woke me up. It was weird. It was creepy. Dude, something similar happened to me, except for it was creepier because I woke myself up because I was laughing, and since I was asleep, I was literally like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, my mom was trying to tell me of a dream she had not too long ago, like pre like this week. She mm -hmm. was like saying how, I won't get into too much detail, but basically in her dream, she was at someone's house, but they were like taking too long on a phone call. 
and she was like super impatient that she decided to leave. Like she was literally <laughs> sitting there for like ten minutes in her dream, and she was like, "Nah, I'm leaving." And she woke herself up, like because <laughs> she was laughing so hard that, like, <laughs> in her dream was like so impatient that she left. Oh my god, it's so creepy to wake up to your own laughs because it yeah. you don't it doesn't sound like your normal laugh because you're tired. It's like oh. <laughs> Well, yeah, like, when I woke myself up in the middle of the night, I was, like, because it didn't make any sense. It was just kind of, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. I said I woke myself up, and I was, like, hur, hur, and then I, like, opened my eyes, and I was, like, what the fuck just happened? Hilarious, and she's just, like, what the fuck is that? I know, she's probably, like, sometimes she, like, hits me because I snore. On purpose? No, she doesn't, like, hit me, but she'll, like, oh. I was like, oh my god, this turned into a serious discussion. No, no, she doesn't hate me. Yes. No, I know what you mean. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Brandy mimed, help me. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She doesn't, she okay. doesn't like, you know, like, shove me. So, like, I'll, like... Okay. Because it's in, only in certain positions where, like, I'll, I'll snore really loud. So she'll, like, yeah. me. So like, That's good. Like, she actually, like does something i always i guess i kick robert in my sleep even if i'm turned the opposite way he said i'll like kick my foot against his leg and he he'll like complain about the next day and be like oh i only slept four hours and i'm like why don't you just wake me up and he's like no i'm not gonna wake you up and i was like bro i can't help what i do in my sleep you need to wake me up yeah alara she's of- the same way until she like lost too much sleep and then she was like <laughs> she <laughs> get out of me because she couldn't sleep then everything changed. Yeah, then everything changed. Well, the Fire Nation attacked. I know, that's what I was thinking of too. <laughs> Alright, I guess I'll start my story. Alright. So I'm going to talk about Matthew Millet. But that-, that name sounds familiar. Oh shit, sorry. I didn't know you were going to say it. Start over, start over. <laughs> okay, I might, I might have to keep this in now. It's just turned kind of funny. <laughs> If that name sounds familiar, <laughs> it should. Me and Brandy don't consult each other for stuff like this. Oh. So, this is all natural. This is all natural fuck-ups. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, see, we should change our name to Bookie Shit and the Fuck-ups. I'm going to have to pick that on a t-shirt and see if that will sell us some more merch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it should sound familiar. Um, Matthew is Ivan's, from last week, great-nephew. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep talking, and you, because I was like, oh, I should make a joke real quick. And then you didn't, and then you didn't keep talking, and then it was so long that I blinked, and I could not think of anything funny to say, so I just sat here. <laughs> Like that you waiting because I thought you were gonna say something. I, I was <laughs> like, oh, I should say something funny, and I was like, no, Brandy's gonna keep talking, and I was like, no, now, and I was like, I've never said anything funny in my life. Oh, that's too funny. Oh my god, Ooh. this is embarrassing, but I'll probably keep it in. <laughs> nah, it's funny. See, even the funniest people in the world, like me, sometimes can't think of jokes that quick. You guys, yeah. I totally blinked, dude. I was like, oh. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Sad life that you're so, you're so used to my interruptions. You left the biggest pause for me and I didn't say anything. (laughs) 
shit, that's good. <laughs> the one time I try to let you interrupt me, you don't. Interrupt I know. <laughs> it just turned awkward. <laughs> and usually I like shorten the moments of silence, like whenever I'm editing, but maybe I'll just keep that entire <laughs> part in. It felt like forever. It did. All right. Okay. So Matthew's mom is actually the daughter of one of Ivan's brothers. Ivan's mom. No. Matthew's mom? Matthew's mom. Is the daughter of Ivan's... Okay, so, so Ivan's it, so niece's Ivan's son. Yes. Okay. Whew. Yeah, so it's his brother's Bill Millet's daughter. Okay. And then it's her son. And her... Okay. It always gets confusing as soon as you get to the great uncles and shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just his, his nephew. Yeah, let's just say that. His nephew. His nephew. I actually read his birth name was actually Matthew Murphy. Matthew Murphy? Yes. Why um, did he did he change? Yes, he did. So his dad was Peter Murphy. Um, <laughs> but then his mom got remarried and they became the I'm gonna butcher this and I'm, I apologize. It's okay. To the Australians. Um Lemans. Fucking Australians. <laughs> So Brandy no. just died. Uh yeah, but they became the Melemans. I, mm. I hope I'm 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 pretty sure I said that wrong. You know what? It sounds made up. All last names are technically made up, so it doesn't matter. No, you're you're right. I don't They're know literally just noises. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyways, at the age of fourteen, apparently he grew a little obsessed with his uncle Ivan, and his behavior changed. Uh. Um, mm hmm. Uh, his former classmates talk about how he just tried really hard to be, like, hard. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like tough. Yeah, like, tough. Like, bad boy. Um, um, also, context real quick. If you guys didn't actually listen to last week, you really need to. Because you don't even know who Ivan is. He's a serial killer. Yes. I guess I should. I could have mentioned that, but I told No, him. I'm just he hoping that they're all... People. Yeah, see, you should uh, you should listen to it. It's literally last week's episode, and the names like serial killers and Juby. <laughs> I want to say the names back. <laughs> Sorry, continue. But yeah, he just tried really like hard to be all tough and shit. And I guess he would carry around like a little pocket knife and. Um, oh God! Some of his former classmates, they like talked about how. He would carry his little knife and like drink and smoke all the time, just like trying to be a bad boy. And he like pulled it out one time at school because one of his friends didn't want to like give him a cigarette or something. But he didn't actually do anything. But he was just like being too a much, moron. basically. Yeah. yeah, just being a fucking show off, <laughs> basically about shit that nobody wants. Nobody even cares. <laughs> but yeah, he ended up legally changing his last name to Millet either from his infatuation with his uncle or some believe he changed it because he didn't get along with his stepfather so that was like his way of like distancing himself or like like a fuck you kind of yeah well why didn't he just change it back to his dad's last name then why right? change it to the murderer's last name well i guess he was like i think it's i personally think it's a little bit of both like he was a mm -hmm. little obsessed with his uncle ivan and I, his dad really wasn't in the picture, so. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely at least a little bit the obsession, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
you <laughs> you'll see more i don't, I don't okay. know why i'm struggling right now so hard so You're bad fine. <laughs> so hard to be hard <laughs> i'm like fucking stuttering and shit <laughs> it's okay oh i apologize listeners i'm not at my best today they're used to it i'm just kidding <laughs> damn you're saying i'm never at my I'm best gonna- no, you set me up for it, Brandy. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. Yeah. Oh, again, another side note. I, I just love cutting you off. I couldn't say this earlier. You know, I had to wait till you were talking. Uh, we're still doing it remote this week, but hopefully our audio sounds better because we're trying out a different website where it, like, we're not we're not facing around a bunch of stuff. Okay, I should have started this with Brandy got a computer, so Brandy came and picked up one of the microphones, and Brandy is using a microphone. That's all you needed to know. I made it more complicated than it needed to be. So hopefully it sounds good. I hope so. I know. I really hope so. If not, like, what do we even do this for? <laughs> I know. I I had to... Well, not I. We spent all of our uh, Teespring merch, like, savings on buying Brandy a mixer. So we'll blame the mixer if it doesn't sound good and we'll return it and get a new one. You're right. No, we won't. We'll just try a different website. like that's a lot of effort what if the website is not the problem i know i still haven't returned the microphone from last week i haven't even tried it's been staying in the same place brandy gave me the phone microphone and i have not touched it (laughs) anyway i'm sorry i think you were talking was i i don't remember (laughs) all right <laughs> See, I set you up for that one. <laughs> so now I'm gonna talk about the murder of David Alterlone. Loney. I hope I'm saying that right. Another I, Australian. I think. Well, I heard. I'm part vampire. Okay. Oh yeah, <laughs> vampires definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. Have you not seen Hotel Transylvania? I haven't. Really? They do that? Well, now I feel ignorant. <laughs> well, I'll watch it. <laughs> um, But it, I literally tried to Google the like pronunciation, and mm-hmm. I found one. But I'm not sure if that's yeah. how they actually say it. Because the way it's spelled, I want to say it another way. I want to say, like, Autrelion, but I don't know. I'm just going to call him David, because that was his name. Call him David. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, my st- my next story takes place in Japan, and I didn't look up how to say anything. <laughs> so you have that to look forward to. Yep, makes me feel better. Yes. But then again, I can't even pronounce English words. So. Fair. Australian is English. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's okay. It's different than American English. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, they say like crikey and stuff. I don't know. Crikey. I was going to do an Australian accent to say something about shrimps on the Barbie, and I decided not to embarrass myself by doing that. <laughs> I can't. I'm not even going to try. I can't do no, that. Yeah, no. The only one I could do by accent is my paisa accent. Your what accent? My paisa. My Latin. What's that? Oh, I thought you were saying bison. I was no. like, bison. like the animal? <laughs> bison. Alright, back to the story. So, yes. <laughs> David 
was actually best friends with Matthew, and they had been best friends, best mates, for mm -hmm. like ever. They grew up together, basically. Did he have certain feelings about Matthew's obsession with serial killer uncle? Um, not that we ever uh, found he's out. Probably another fucking teenager, and it's like, oh yeah, whatever. So emo. No one gets us. I don't think he was like that, from what I heard. Um, oh. but he was like. You know, he was a typical tip, uh, typical teenager, you know, <laughs> wanting, <laughs> wanting to go out and drink and, like, smoke and stuff like that. But okay. I, from what I hear, like, from his parents, what his family members say, he was actually, like, really sweet. Um, Aww. So, yeah, it's pretty sad. So, normal teenager and not creepy. Mm hmm That makes so, it sadder. Yeah, and it's only gonna get more sad. Okay. Um, so on November 20th, 2010, it was David's 17th birthday. Matthew had, along with another friend, Cohen Klein, had lured David into, guess where? Oh, the forest? Yep. The <gasps> State Forest, with the promise to drink and smoke that good kush. <laughs> that good good. That good good. Like that is making jokes like I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> Scary. Anyways, yeah, it was it was Matthew and Cohen. Um, they were all friends and they had basically like told him like, Hey, let's take you to the forest and let's drink and smoke and you know, mm. do some hood rash it. I'm sorry, that's what I say with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they say in Australia. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> um um, but along with them went this other kid that they don't really talk about, but his name was Chase Day. Oh. That's a very interesting name. It's very simple. Mr. Day. <laughs> Sounds like gay. Mr. Gay Day. <laughs> okay. But according to Chase's testimony, along... According to his testimony, and also a 15-minute audio recording of the murder... I'm, I'm like, struggling ah. here. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, we were able to break down how it all went down. Oh my god. Okay. Just going down. You know, you got there in the end, so that's all that really matters. <sighs> you really struggled there. Technically, you said it. <laughs> I did. Um, but basically, they ended up going to the forest. They drank, and they got high. But somewhere along the day, things just kind of took a turn for the worst. But before everything went down, David had actually, like, talked to his mom and be like, he was like, oh, you know, I'm having a good time. Like, I'll probably be home soon. Ugh. And, like, he sounded happy. Like, oh, my God, it's just, it's sad. I, I'm sorry it's I had like, to tell no. you that. That's, like, heartbreaking, but at the same time, almost good that at least he had some happiness before this happened. But based on where this is probably going, and it was like his fucking best friend who invited him there. This is sad. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, I guess I refer to Matthew as Matt too, because that's that's what fine. He, just his in case nickname. you're wondering who Matt is. <laughs> like what? Where's Matthew? Matt. <laughs> so apparently, Matt's had stolen money from his mom. And, because, you know, that's what teenagers bad boys do. Um, bad boys. 
bad boys, bad boys. Anyways, uh, he had stolen money from his mom and was basically accusing David of, like, spreading his business. Like, telling people that he stole from his mom. Okay. Yeah. He probably didn't even do it. Yeah, he, well, I don't think he did. And now I'm going to read you the audio transcript of how it, what happened. Mm-hmm. I just want to warn you right now that it's um very, it's, it's fluid. Awful? Yeah. I'm imagining. I'm kind of happy I didn't find the actual audio. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, it's the, this is just like part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts with Matt. He says, look at the dirt. Don't look at me. Look at the dirt. Don't look at me. And then you can hear David crying. He says, look at the fucking dirt outro, which I think that was like a nickname he had for him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fucking kill you if you keep fucking moving. Look at the ground and answer my questions. And he's heard still crying. Matt said, you keep looking at me and I'll cut your head off. Look at the ground cunt tell me is it true you have been going around telling people my affairs then david says no it's not true matt matt says don't look at me all right i should have had you read this with me uh just you reading it my eyes are watering i don't know if you can tell (laughs) no i can't it says reconnecting oh yeah my eyes are watering just think because you said he was crying and that makes me (sighs) wish Um, i don't know And David said, I am not, man. And Matt said, look at the dirt. David said, I am, it's not true. Matt said, put your arms around your head. Should I keep saying their names or can I just like, do you think you'll understand? I I think it'll be clear if you're like, he was crying, we'll know which one you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Um, Put your arms up around your head. It's not true, Matt. Shut up, cunt. Put your hands down next to your face. Pull them up to your face. You're going to keep meddling with me? No, I won't. I swear to God, man. How am I going to know that? You have my word. How good is your word to me? Mate, we've been mates for ages. My word is good. Yeah, we have been mates for ages. And how many times have I been told that you are dogging me behind my fucking back, cunt? Right? You got me? Yes. Look at the ground. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Yes, man, I understand, dude. Do you really? Yes, man, but do you really? Yes, dude, seriously. Seri- I mean, seriously? Yes, seriously. Seriously. Yeah, I don't believe you, cunt. I am serious, man. I swear to God to you, dude, I've never said anything about you. I really do not fucking believe you right now, okay? Man, I give you my word, I would not. Yeah, you give me your word, and your word isn't fucking good enough, outro. Outro? I've had your word before and it ain't worth a pinch of cold fucking shit. And it ends with the sound of the axe hitting David. (gasps) Oh my god. That's Um, so fucking sad. Yeah, it's very sad. Matt had hit David with a double-sided axe while he was laying on the ground. And in the audio, you can... Oh, the audio was recorded from Cohen's phone. Mm-hmm. He was basically, like, egging him on and recording it all. And he wanted him to do this? Or, like, he was okay with it, basically. Fuck. 
Um, and you can hear in the audio that Chase was basically like pleading to intervene, but that Cohen, you can hear Cohen in the audio telling him to get back in the car. Oh my god. And yeah, it's just really sad because um, I've heard, I read more experts, or not experts, excerpts of the audio. Uh-huh. And it's just talking about how Matt the whole time is basically still talking shit to him after he's like, dying on the floor and he's like now you know who I am or something basically just going off about it oh my Uh, god telling him like still like calling him a cunt and like yeah I didn't really want (laughs) to read all that because it's no that's extremely upsetting but yeah I guess the day after the murder well they ended up leaving him there and like kind of half buried him (sighs) um and the next day, Matt actually gloated about the killing and was, like, basically, like, super proud and super happy and, like, what do you call it? Like, bragging about it? Yeah. And actually, after he got arrested, he said this pretty famous quote he's known for. You know me. You know my family. You know the last name, Millet. I'm doing what my family does. What a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matthew and Cohen were arrested two days after the murder of David. Um, they were both 19 years old. Oh, shit. I didn't realize he was over 18. He was young, though. Yeah, but his friend was younger. He Yeah, he was. it was his 17th birthday. That's so upsetting. Oh, my God. Very. But, yeah, I mean, after they were arrested, they obviously... Well, because Chase obviously went to the police. Yeah. Like, yo. <laughs> and they arrested them and they, like, confiscated Cohen's phone with the audio recording, which is basically, like, you're gone, man. Like, you can't That's deny all you need. It. Yeah, basically. And they also had, like, uh, victim impact statements, mm-hmm. which was really hard to, like, read about, but, like, you know, because they're family. Yeah. David's family were just talking about how, like, sweet he was and how, like, they're just, like, missing a big part of their life now, and uh, it's just really sad. I, I couldn't, like, bring myself to read No, yeah. I'm it's glad so- you're not reading the entire thing, because I'm yeah, sure that's I, devastating. <laughs> super. I was, like, wanting to cry. Yeah. But uh, basically, they were all hurt, and they were, like, obviously, this was premeditated. This was, like, vicious. Like, this wasn't an accident. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyways, they were both found guilty. I mean, I fucking hope so, obviously. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Matthew was sentenced to 43 years in prison, with 30 of those years being a non-parole period. That's good. Which I guess it's a little different over there, but basically 30 out of those 43 years. So after 30 years, you can, I guess you're eligible for parole or something. Mm-hmm. Like you can start like applying for it? Yeah, I think that's okay. Um And Cohen Klein was sentenced to 32 years in prison. Damn. Good. Fuck those guys. Yeah, but um, the family just, they didn't really agree that they got so little time. They believe, like, he should have gotten life. Yeah. And they feel kind of bad for Cohen just because, like, he was, like, dragged down because of his, the influence Matthew had over him. Like, he was kind of manipulated, maybe? Yeah. I could definitely see that. (laughs) 
was it just audio or was it video and only the audio was like transcripted? I think it was just audio from what I all I could see in all the articles I read. It was just audio. That's good at least. <laughs> Hardy bad enough, but video. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay, um, sorry, continue. <laughs> well, I was just going to talk about Matthew's poems. He liked writing poems. Oh, God. And they turned out to be very telling. <laughs> was it going to say, like, I killed my best friend in the forest where my uncle yeah. killed? I can read you, I'll read you two of his poems. This is okay. Killer looks, and okay. on evil side, clouds roll in over light blue skies, like darkness in killer's eyes. A second is all it takes. Eyes think, eyes think like a poisonous snake's, from gray to black, the shades change, with rays of light flowing through, so strange. Then grumble, almost as if so warm, he perils of the approaching storm. Shelter you will need to seek, so terrified you can hardly speak. Footsteps in a puddle seem too near, then you start to give in to fear. Then a flash, what do you do? Take a dash, safeties in twos, look for a friend so you feel safe. Trust them, or your life they might take. Are you safe? You'll never know. But one day, you might come to blows. An evil side you will see. A side in you, a side in me. That's so creepy. When he started talking about his friend, I'm like, you literally wrote this like from the point of view of your friend. Yeah, it's like... Mm-mm. He was a very interesting kid. Did he write this before he went to jail or after? After. Okay, I thought you were like before and I was like, and no one thought these poems were weird? <laughs> or And maybe this one was before. But I have okay. another one that he wrote after. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm, that's okay. kind of it. Okay. Yeah. I'll let you go. <laughs> so it's titled, Your Last Day. Dude, even the fucking names of the poems are, like, so murdery. Yeah, the other one was called Killer Looks or something like that. Oh my like, god. Um, so this one goes, click, clack, hear that. Stopping in the middle of the track. Are you getting nervous in the back? Should be, cunt, you're getting whacked. Talk shit here, talk shit there. No one's really gonna care. But talk shit with every breath. You just signed away your health. I can see you start to sweat. Wondering what you're gonna get. Oh, I said wondering, but I mean I had to get wondering. wondering. <laughs> Hoping four and one in the head. Cunt, I'll put it in your leg. Tell me, are you having fun? Get up, cunt, and start to run. How far oh. are you gonna get? Your match, cunt, you have just met. Stumbling all over the place. He literally wrote it like a gangster. Stupid ass. Um, Hear the crunch of the leaves and feet. Feel your heart. Skip a beat. Are you gonna get away? No hope, kid. This is your day. The day you won't be found. Six feet underneath the ground. Uh, that's so creepy, dude. Yep, so my man had issues, bro. 
What? He did? <laughs> Dude. So I'm guessing that this murder was premeditated. <laughs> you say that? <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Just gross. I don't even know what to say. It's just creepy. But yeah, I mean, obviously it was premeditated and he chose that for specifically because of his uncle. Yeah. And wrote um, a poem about it. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, it's just so sad. That's awful. He was just excited to celebrate his 17th birthday with his friends. Mm. That's really upsetting. It just makes me so upset that it was, like, it's always, like, the nice people that they decide to kill, you know? Of course. Yeah. He was known as, like, a gentle giant. Oh. It's just, it's so sad. And I'm like, hmm, why'd he get so little time, you know? Doesn't it make you smad? Yeah, it makes me smad. <laughs> it makes me really smad. No, I'm planning on reading more about him after we hang up. So like, I don't know. You know, do you ever hang up and Google stuff? You're like, I want to feel more sad. <laughs> yeah, do that. Or yeah, when do you that listen to sad music when you're sad. Yeah, it's kind of like that. that. I'm like, it sucks that this kid died. And I'm like, let me look at pictures of him to make me feel more emotional about it. Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to run into the, like the quotes that the like his family says but i feel uh, like it was it would have made it too sad for me to like yeah you know say that. everything they said but I if will you wait want to you can. yeah <laughs> this, it's sad and like, i feel like everything they said you could kind of even though like i'm reading it myself you can kind of like hear their pain almost. yeah oh sad. yeah i looked that up for sure but well, i'm glad you didn't read it on here yeah. But yeah, that's um, the story of Matthew Millat and how he copycatted his uncle. I mean, not exactly, yeah. but like still that like, you know, he wanted to be like. No, I think that counts as a copycat. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he basically was copying. He went, and he went to the same forest. That part's a big one. Yeah, that's like that's not an accident. No. All right. Well. I will start with my second story. So in researching copycats, I discovered not one, but two different cases where there were Zodiac copycat killers. This is the story of the Kobe child murders. Heads up, if you couldn't guess from that, this is going to be very disturbing. <laughs> I, I almost didn't include it because it's disturbing, but it's short. So yeah, I don't know. And I felt like I should mention it because I mentioned the other case. I didn't want to only include one, you know? Mm -hmm. Also, I did not look up how to pronounce stuff, as I said before. And this takes place in Japan. So I'm also only assuming it's Kobe just because it's spelled like Kobe. It might be. <laughs> like so K-O-B-E. I don't know how that's pronounced in Japan. It's going to be straight into it. Brandy, are you ready? Yeah. On the morning of May 27th, 1997... The head of June Hayes was found in front of a junior high school in Kobe, Japan. June was an 11-year-old special education student at the school had, who had been missing since the Saturday before after leaving home to visit his grandfather. His head was found by a custodian hours before classes were scheduled to begin, and as well as being separated from the rest of his body, it was mutilated with a knife. His head was identified by his father, and later on, a body believed to belong to June was found about 550 yards away from the school in bushes near a drainage pond. He had been strangled to death before having his head decapitated with a handsaw. 
almost done with the most graphic part. <laughs> so a note was found in the mouth of the severed head, and in it it said, This is the beginning of the game. Try to stop me if you can, you stupid police. I desperately want to see people die. It is a thrill for me to commit murder. A bloody judgment is needed for my years of great bitterness. The killer referred to himself as Sakakibara and included a Japanese word which roughly trans translates to Devil's Rose, written in red ink. The note led to comparisons between this killer and the Zodiac Killer. On June 6, a letter was sent to a local newspaper. In total, it was three pages long and 1,400 words, all written in red ink, and started by saying, Now is the beginning of a game. The writer claimed to be the killer of June and threatened to kill more people. He also criticized the Japanese educational system, saying, Compulsory education that formed me, an invisible person. Just typical emo shit, you know? <laughs> During the panic that followed this murder and note, the Japanese media accidentally misreported the killer's name as Onibara, which enraged the killer. He wrote another letter saying, From now on, if you misread my name or spoil my mood, I will kill three vegetables a week. If you think I can only kill children, you are greatly mistaken. And in this context, by vegetables, he meant people with developmental disabilities. On June 28, 1997, a 14-year-old high school student was arrested as a suspect in relation to the murder of June Hayes. Given his age, he was only referred to as Boy A. Not long after his arrest, he admitted to the murder of June and to a different 10-year-old girl named Ayaka Yamashita on March 16th and three other attacks on other young girls around the same time. Ayaka had been bludgeoned to death with a steel pipe. That same day, less than an hour after killing her, Boy A also stabbed a nine-year-old girl who nearly bled to death, but she was able to survive. On the day of these attacks, he wrote in his diary, I carried out sacred experiments today to confirm how fragile human beings are. I brought the hammer down when the girl turned to face me. I think I hit her a few times, but I was too excited to remember. A week later, he wrote again, This morning, my mom told me, Poor girl, the girl attack seems to have died. There is no sign of me being caught. Which I thought that was interesting because it reminded me of Eddie's, where he got away with it once and he was like, Oh, there's no consequences for me. But there is. Dumbass bitch. <laughs> Boy A was charged and sentenced for these two murders. At the time of his arrest, Japan's age of criminal responsibility was 16, and since Boy A was only 14 when he committed the killings, he was released first on a provisional basis in 2004, and then fully released on January 1st, 2005, at the age of 21. It was actually the first time that the Japanese Ministry of Justice told the public about the release of a felon like this, which made everyone, like, super more, super, like, critical of it, suggesting instead that he should be transferred to prison. So they're like, if you have to tell us he's being released, is he not still dangerous? <laughs> so there's actually people who believe that Boye may, may have been wrongfully accused and convicted of these crimes. Among them is a lawyer who dealt with false accusation cases and the former principal of the school Boye had attended. They point out that during the initial investigation, police said that the killer was left-handed while Boye was right-handed. Some of the statements in the confession seemed absurd and impossible for a 14-year-old to do, which I don't know what exactly they're talking about. I don't know what would be impossible for a 14-year-old to do that someone else could do, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't get that. And lastly, that boy had bad grades, so it seemed unlikely that he had written the cryptic and complex letters to police and media. 
Despite this, when Boy A's mother visited him in prison in 2002 to ask if he really had committed the murders, he told her that yes, he had. In June of 2015, at the age of 32, Boy A released an autobiography named Zeka. In the book, he talks about how as a child he used to kill cats before growing tired of it and beginning to wonder what it would be like to kill a human, before describing in detail the murders he committed. He says in the book that he now realizes the gravity of his actions and regrets murdering the two children. Sources say that Boye sent a copy of the book along with an apology note to both of the families, who weren't even notified that the book was being published until after it had been greenlit for 10,000 copies. The father of June spoke out and said, I don't know if the murder of our child published this book to further extend our endless suffering. It shows he doesn't really feel bad about what he did. I wish this book would be pulled immediately and that no more copies be printed. Despite one bookstore chain refusing to stock the book, Unfortunately, it became like a Japanese bestseller, and all royalties for the book went to Boy A. Which, by the way, he didn't even have to tell them his name to get it published. It was just published under his like little nickname he gave himself. Dang. So he gets to go and like, I don't know, I don't know if brag is the right word, but like exploit these deaths again, and he doesn't even have to like say who he is. It's just stupid. Okay. So, yeah. A few months after this, a website created by Boye showed up, in which he had a gallery of images of a nude man wearing a mask, implied to be the killer. The website also included drawings and comments by the author on his favorite books, lacking on the website's any sense of remorse or apology to the families that he affected by his crimes. Rather, it just seemed like a self-absorbed plea for attention from the public. After these two controversies... Uh, one Japanese tabloid had enough and decided to defy the privacy laws and reported Boy A's job, location, and his real name to the media. So, Boy A is actually Shidachiro Azuma. So, fuck you, dude. <laughs> that It was like a short story, but I do love the ending that they're like, you know what? That's enough. We're releasing yeah, your name, motherfucker. Cool. <laughs> But yeah, I uh, I did warn you. The beginning of that was awful, yeah. I and still just expected though. I was like, "What the fuck?" Mm-mm. And I saw a picture of like the little boy on Wikipedia, oh, and he just looks like happy and just a little kid, and it's just fucked. But um, we'll bring you guys something a little more lighthearted next week. Yeah, maybe We've some been... or something. Yeah, we'll bring you some ghosts or, like, legends or some shit like that. We've been getting a little too dark lately. <laughs> too much murder. Yeah, just a little. But if you guys would like to email us, you can at thespookyshit.pod at gmail.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are spookyshit underscore pod. And our website is spookyshit-pod.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks for putting up with true crime for 17 weeks in a row or however long it's been. And this episode is going to be released, what, the 24th? So, not technically, but, like, a couple days after this is released, we've been doing this for a year. Oh, shit, for real? Yeah! We actually, before we first published our, like, first episode, which no one ever needs to listen to, we uh, recorded three of them ahead of time. So, we've already actually passed a year of recording, Brandy. Damn. Okay. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.